The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss how to unleash the potential of technology intelligence. Joining us is Elizabeth Chalosky, who is the CEO of HG Insights, which is a global provider of data-driven insights to 90% of the Fortune 100 B2B tech companies, and it's your go-to-market intelligence provider. They use advanced insights in technology intelligence on installation, spend, and contract details paired with cloud product usage, adoption, and spend to provide B2B companies with a better way to analyze markets and target their prospects. And in addition to providing us with our guest today, HG Insights is also a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. Yesterday, Elizabeth and I talked about technology intelligence-based data-driven decision-making. And today, we're going to continue the conversation talking about displacing competitors through product launches. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Elizabeth Chalosky, the CEO of HG Insights. Elizabeth, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks so much, Ben. Always great to have you here. Appreciate your support of the podcast. And I want to pick up where we left off yesterday. We talked about some of the changes in your area of influence. It's expanded from just being a tool where you can understand what technology companies are using for targeting to be able to be used for things like product research, understanding what's happening in a market. One of the big things I wanted to double down on was understanding what's happening with your competitors. A lot has changed for HG Insights over the last four years since we had our first conversation. You've launched new products. You've gone through acquisitions. Talk to me about some of the ways that you and other companies are displacing their competitors through product launches. The first thing I want to say is particularly in the environment that we're in today, it's more important for HD and for every company that's in the B2B space to innovate with their products. But innovation doesn't come because you just say you want to innovate. It comes with a lot of hard work and, for our opinion, with data that you use to actually figure out where to innovate. So when we're looking at our new products, we're doing what we advise our own customers to do with what we offer as insights identifying the market fit for your own product and what's happening in that market with your competitors. And if I look back 15 years ago, I would have been reading a lot of articles and trying to suss out kind of where where a main competitor got mentioned and 
a case study that got released from some company and I'd be collecting all that and putting it on my desk. You don't have to do that anymore. That's the kind of information that's readily at your fingertips with all of the technology and intelligence that you provide. And it gets rolled up so that you can start at the market level with a competitor and look at them in that market and then drill down to individual companies and find out how much of that competitive product is being used in that company. And importantly, with some of the innovation that we've done recently, you can tell where it's being used. So take a product like Workday. Workday can be used by finance, it can be used by HR, it can be used in other development offices in the company. If you're trying to compete against Workday, you want to know where in that company that Workday installation is before you start your campaign against them. That kind of information has only recently been available in the market, and I'm proud to say it's one of the big innovations that we've brought out this year. So I guess the thing that I have questions about when it comes to technographic data and your technology intelligence solution, can you get to the level of granularity where not just, hey, someone or a brand is using Workday, but a brand is using the HR functionality in Workday and there is a certain level of adoption? Can you get into understanding who in an organization is leveraging part of this technology stack and what that adoption looks like? Absolutely, you can. Certainly, the who in the organization becomes very strong signals through the information that we collect. So you can figure out the functional area. The adoption of the product, we do by estimating the intensity of signal over time of that product at that company. So we're not going to be able to go in and tell you this company has 465 seats of Salesforce. What we can tell you is that two years ago, there was an intensity signal. It was a very low one. And now that intensity has grown dramatically and it's very big, certainly in comparison to like other companies of the appropriate size. So you know that they've got kind of widespread usage of a product. What I'm imagining is IP addresses from Apple's headquarters are looking at Salesforce 45% more than they did two years ago, and they're all support pages, so they must be using 45% more train seats. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, Ben. And IP addresses are just one part of what we do. There's a lot of other symbols in there. I'm in podcasting. IP addresses are the only like little fractional bit of data we're given. So it seems like the entire world to me, but I understand (laughs) how there are many more signals than just IP and how imperfect they are. So talk to me about how you can use the information about what's happening on a product level to try to figure out where there is opportunity for your brand to pick up market share. How do you actually look at technographic data and try to figure out what products you should build and launch? As I said, we do what we ask our customers to do. And a lot of times we'll do it from a use case perspective. So where is a competitor being used in what we think is going to be a certain kind of use case, like a territory planning use case? So we'll try to analyze our own data to get down to a level of granularity that we know how things are going to be used. And also getting down to a level of tech install data where you even know you were talking a little earlier about, well, I know that it's module or that. We get down to the version level. So we can do all that analysis ourselves with our own data, but then actually look at what are the type of problems that aren't being solved 
by the competition that might be in, let's take Zoom Info, because they're the big behemoth on the block. And most of the times we're cooperative. A lot of our customers have both HG Insights and Zoom Info. But there are certain use cases where we come together and we could solve the same thing. But we will look at our data to find out what organizations within a company are using Zoom Info. And then we'll take our products that can compete against Zoom in a different way. For example, we do some of the most precise balanced territory planning for any company. That's a big, big use case. And it's usually done by the strategy office, whether it's the corporate or the sales strategy office. We can tell Zoom with their tech install technographics data can't do that use case. So we can find out where a competitor like Zoom would be in a corporation, and then we can compete to go differently with them. So we know that there's white space there. All right. So you can infer what's happening under the hood. Talk to me a little bit about how HG has eating their own dog food, drinking their own champagne. Talk to me about how you figured out what your product launches should be. Let me talk about contextual intent for a minute. I mentioned earlier that intent's pretty ubiquitous. And we know before we even got into that business, we sat back and we knew which companies were using what intent products. So that's what we get from our insights all the time. And we can go directly out to those companies that are using some other intent provider and find out whether it's good or bad, which is what we did. And what we heard back over and over again is that intent data is not cracked up to what it needs to be because it's so noisy. You don't know whether somebody just happened upon that page, whether they're trying to learn about some new firewall technology or whether they're in the buying process. We can do that by overlaying what that company already has in terms of their technology intelligence for that company. And what we found out is we needed to refine intent and give back to the customers the idea of who's in a buying decision, not just research, and then who the buyer is, which we can do too. But that came from us knowing precisely what companies were using, what other type of intent competitors were out there. Yeah, what I'm hearing from you is that the technographic data, the technology intelligence that you have allowed you to break your product launches into a couple of different phases. You're using the technology intelligence data to understand who is using what product and then get your product feedback. You're doing your market analysis to basically say, hey, you're using intent data. Tell me a little bit about what it's useful for. Where does it fall down? Right. Once you're able to do your sort of foundational marketing, actual marketing, understanding the market, then you're able to develop your product. At some point, there's your go to market. Where are you using the technographic intent data or technology data to figure out how to build your products and then figure out what your go to market strategy is? So the example of using the technology intelligence to build it is we know it's back to the use cases. We can tell kind of what use cases are being solved by competitors and are not. And we go after the ones where we know we can do better. So that all factors into the building of it. We can also go and find out kind of, say a competitor came out with a new functioning product. We can track that. And if it's not being adopted, we know that probably a lot of features in that new product aren't really in market demand. And we can use that for product decisions. But turning to the launch of a new product, I mean, that's kind of an easy one for technology intelligence to solve 
because that's where you really get into understanding what kind of companies have need for the product that you've just developed, where they are and who they are. And what you're looking for is first of the greenfield opportunities. Who doesn't have anything? And go after them because it's low-hanging fruit. And then you start refining that with what we can tell, like competitive products that have been installed for too long, five or six years, and you know they're kind of getting out of date. So you layer that on your launch strategy. And then finally, you can go after the harder to get, if you please, of what's just been sold into a company. And you're going to plan to do that in a couple of years. But you can stratify and get a much more refined launch plan by using technology intelligence to determine where to go first, second, and third. It seems like there's a third piece of the puzzle here, which is understanding the opportunity. You can see that you're using the example of intent data. There's lots of intent data providers. Nobody seems to be happy with the current product. We have an opportunity to create a better version of this. All right, great. Now you have your go-to-market. You understand what the problem is. You can go out to people that aren't using intent data, people that are using intent data that haven't installed it, people that have been using intent data for a long time and might be ready for a new vendor. But there's also a step even before you're going to your go-to-market is doing your analysis to understanding how much opportunity there is. Is it worth it to build this product? And is there enough either green grass, yellow grass, I don't know what the next thing is, red grass or gray grass? Should you be building this product? And once you roll the ball onto the court, do you have a chance of punching it into the end zone? That's a mixed sports metaphor if I've ever heard one. <laughs> Moral of the story is... Your technology intelligence can tell you where there is opportunity, how big that opportunity is, and who might be interested in it, which makes it an incredibly valuable tool, not only for the marketers, but for your product team as well. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Elizabeth Chalowski, the CEO of HG Insights. Join us again tomorrow when Elizabeth and I wrap up our conversation talking about the Acquisition to Growth Playbook. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Elizabeth, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter where her handle is eshalowski, that's E-C-H-O-L-A-W-S-K-Y. Or you can visit her company's website, which is hginsights.com. That's H-G-I-N-S-I-G-H-T-S.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Schaap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.